Notes from America is supported by Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that shares big ideas about participating in American democracy beyond voting but short of running for office. Join host Mila Atmos for stimulating and incisive conversations with citizen changemakers on topics ranging from gerrymandering, policing equity, and voting rights. In this election year, Future Hindsight offers an unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake and how citizens can make an impact at the local, state, and national level. You'll always come away with something hopeful. Tune in every Thursday to get engaged and stay engaged. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Radio Rookies is supported in part by Epstein Teicher Philanthropies, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and the Margaret Newbart Foundation. This is the United States of Anxiety. I'm Kai Wright. And I want you to meet Falashide Olatunde. She's part of WNYC's Radio Rookies program, which is this incredible award-winning program that gives young people in the city the tools and the training to tell audio stories about their own communities. Falashide spent the last year recording audio diaries about her relationship with her dad. And this is a pretty challenging thing for her to talk about. The relationship, it's been tough. Because her dad has been incarcerated since she was two years old. She's 25 years old now. Flashaday was too young to know what happened the night that law enforcement came and took her dad. So she asked her mom what went down that night. I heard a boom at the door. So I jumped up, ran in the room, and told him that somebody is at the door. And as he got to the door, it was about maybe like 10 or 12 of them came in the house. And they ransacked the whole apartment. I mean, they took clothes, everything. Look all in your drawers, everything, and just throw everything on the floor. Do you remember where I was and what I was doing? They took you out the bed and brung you in the living room, and you were just standing there, you know, like crying because you don't know, you're, conf- you're confused. You don't know what's going on. You know, you're, you're a baby, so you, you don't know what's going on. And it's nothing that I can really do because they had me in handcuffs for no reason. I've never been arrested in my life. Falashide's dad was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison for selling drugs. She'd go up to see him about twice a month until her parents got divorced when she was 12 years old. At that point, there were a lot of changes happening in her family and in their lives. The prison, it was pretty far from where she lived in the Bronx, and so the visits just became harder to maintain. And she didn't see him for a really long time. But recently, she decided she needed to reconnect with her father because she felt like She had to get to know him if she was ever really going to understand herself. She's documented her journey through recording interviews with her mom, phone calls with her dad, and her own audio diaries where she recorded her feelings throughout this whole journey. She started by recording the first time she visited her dad in over a decade. So today's the day that I'm going to go visit my dad I just woke up and 
I feel extremely nervous, um, anxious. Um, it's bringing up a lot of emotions of when I was a child and I used to go visit my dad in prison. And like, I remember going to visit my dad and my dad picking me up and throwing me in the air. And that was like my favorite part of the visit because I just felt so free. But now that I'm a lot older, I'm realizing the effects of having a dad that's in prison. And I think that's like why I struggle so much with my identity and understanding who I am in this world because a half of me I don't even know anything about. I'm just ready to understand who my dad is so that I can understand who I am. So hopefully I will find some type of peace, some type of freedom. Let's cross our fingers. My mom agreed to drive me upstate to the prison. It had been 12 years since I last saw my dad. Like you think you're ready, but I don't feel like I'm ready. But when you get there, it's gonna be a different thing, watch. It's like that. She's been really supportive of me. She knows not having my dad in my life has affected me mentally and emotionally. I had a hard time connecting with people because I felt like getting close to people that they would leave just like my dad left. This might be the breakthrough for you. Like just being in his presence. Yeah. And I know that this experience is not only just gonna help me, but it will also help my dad as well. Help him to just not feel like he's alone, but he has a child out in the world that is trying her best to be successful and make him proud. So we arrived and I am feeling very anxious and very nervous. I see the jail and it's really messing with my head and I did not think that would do that, but it is. When I got there, I saw a line that wrapped around the prison. Damn, you gotta go. All right, let's get the walk. I'm kind of shaky. This is real life. It took almost two hours to get inside. Anything that needs to lock up, you better bring it to your car because we ain't got no more lockers. I felt anxious. I felt a knot in my stomach. And I felt nervous. He's my dad. In my head, I was thinking, what did I get myself into? I just came out of the visiting with my dad and I didn't realize how traumatic it would I I knew that it was going to be traumatizing but I didn't realize how it brought up a lot of different emotions like just seeing the gates on the building and I just don't even know what to say his health is not where it should be. 
So it just made me realize that I have to visit my dad more. My dad does not deserve this. I told him that you don't deserve this. Like everybody makes mistakes in life, everybody. But you shouldn't have to like be tortured for your whole life for it. It's not right. It definitely has not been, you know, an easy journey not having my dad in my life and seeing other people with their dad or talking about their dad and just wanting to know what that feels like. It makes me feel <sighs> broken. Extremely broken. I think I've been broken ever since I was two. So today I visit my dad for the, the second time and I was just crying um, as we were like starting to talk and stuff. But yeah, talking to my dad, I can see that Jell definitely has changed him and he is definitely not himself and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's suffering from a mental illness or if he's just out of it. Like, I don't know what's going on. It was really hard to see my dad again, but I wanted to build a relationship with him and I wanted to get to know him better. How is your job? It's good. Okay, that's good. We started to talk more on the phone. You said oatmeal? Huh? The oatmeal. Oh, oatmeal. Send you oatmeal? Yeah. The one that you sent me before? The next two yeah, times I went to visit my dad, yeah. I bought him okay. books, clothes, yeah. food. Oh, do you want the crystal light? But there was this one specific thing that I couldn't find. When I last visited him, he also wanted me to get something else that I don't know how to pronounce. And when I went to go to the African market, it was closed. And he said something about, oh, um, it's been two visits now that you haven't got my stuff. So I just really was taken back by that because if you would have saw the amount of stuff that I bought him, like I made sure that it was 25 pounds and it was a lot of stuff. I kind of felt like it was a slap in my face because it's like, I've just been so overwhelmed. I have a part-time job and I'm going to school and I'm doing an internship. Like he doesn't know the extent of what I'm doing and what I'm juggling. And it's like, okay, be a good child and help your dad. But then at the same time, it's like, but does he appreciate it? Does he know what I'm going through? Does he know the sacrifices that I'm making? It's like, he kind of, treats me as if I'm nothing and like I'm a waste of space. Like if I help him get food or I help him get clothes or money. If I if I help him with that, everything's great. I'm the best daughter in the world. But if I don't do any of those things, I'm the worst daughter in the world. Like I took a really brave step to go see my dad. I didn't have to do that. 
I could have kept it the way it was. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I, I tried to open this womb so that I can try to heal it. But it's like I opened it and I feel like it's getting wider and it's getting wider. Two months after my first visit, I decided to tell my dad how I was feeling. I'm just going to tell my dad tomorrow how I feel. And, you know, I'm going to tell him the trauma that he caused with the choices that he made. I'm not trying to make him feel bad, but I'm trying to make him understand what I'm feeling and what I'm going through. I'm just going to hope that he can hear me and understand me. I wanted him to comfort me. He didn't comfort me, and instead, he changed the subject. This time, my mom came in with me, and she was surprised at how much my father had changed. He's not the man that I know. His whole oral, he just didn't look himself. And, you know, I sat there, you know, and... I could tell mentally he's not there. Mentally, he's gone. You know, being in prison for so many years, it mentally put a toll on him. You know, it's like, you know, he's not there. Yeah. You know, so. And that makes me sad. Like, it's just messing me up. Yeah, he's not in his right mind at all. And I know, and I can see it. But I also feel like, What's sad is, like, I feel like it's my fault. No, it's not your fault, because how can it be your fault? And at the time when this happened, you was the age of two and a half years old. So, therefore, how can you say that is your fault? What do you have to do with what he decided to do with his life? That Like, I feel like it's my fault that he's how he is now, because I wasn't able to help him, even though I was, like, a teenager trying to juggle high school and trying to help help you out but him being in there and you're not communicating with him within those couple of years you didn't put him there so how can you take care of him i just haven't really been talking to my dad um because we had like a fallout Um, And he said some really hurtful things that really stung at me. Like, recently, I had a phone call with him. And he said, oh, it took you 12 years to come and visit me or whatever. And for him to say that, it really hurt my feelings because um, he doesn't know what I went through in those 12 years, it just made me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like in those 12 years, like, oh, I didn't visit him. Like I'm to blame. And it just, it just really hurts. It's like during this hard time, I'm reconnecting with my dad. But at the same time, I feel like I'm disconnecting with myself. And I'm not going to blame it all on like the prison system. But I just think that he's not in his right mind. And it's just like, it's just... All he's doing is bringing chaos and stress into my life. And I don't need that. I don't need that. I just need peace. I want to be free. I want to be happy. And to be really honest, I don't think I ever experienced that. 
I don't even know what that feels like. I don't know what happy is. I felt so overwhelmed that I had to take a step back. I couldn't talk to my dad anymore. I just wanted to heal. It's like when you're healing, it feels like you're breaking. That's the weird part. It's like you're healing, but you feel like you're breaking. But that's just the, the you know, that's just my story, I guess. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be cherry pops and rainbows. I mean, I would hope so, but it's not bubblicious. It's more like a roller coaster that never ends. But, you know, it's part of the, the journey of life. It's been a year now since my first visit with my dad. We haven't talked in months. It hasn't been easy, but I'm starting to find some sort of peace. I felt like I needed to know my dad in order to know myself. Because he was gone, I felt like a part of me was gone. And that is very true, that a little part of me was gone because my dad wasn't there. Um, I love my dad. And even though our relationship is rocky and and it's, it's confusing, I love both my parents. And I just want my dad to, to be able to live life too. And because he didn't get that opportunity either. But I also realize in this journey that you don't necessarily need to know your parents to know yourself. It's important to know where you come from. It's important to know your roots. But also, it's important to know that you can define who you are as well. And I realize that I'm not my dad and I'm not my mom. I'm Falashide Olatunde. I am African, I am black, and I am proud. I am black and I am beautiful. I am strong. Um, I'm proud. And that's what I want the world to know. This is my story. That was Falashide Olatunde from WNYC's 2022 Class of Radio Rookies. The United States of Anxiety is a production of WNYC Studios. You can follow us wherever you get your podcast or by going to wnyc.org slash anxiety. Special thanks this week to Carolina Hidalgo, who runs WNYC's Radio Rookies program, and Becca Bressler. Mixing and music by Jared Paul and Andrew Dunn this week. Our team also includes Emily Botin, Regina Dehir, Karen Froman, Rahima Nasa, and Kusha Navadar. And I am Kai Wright. Thanks for spending this time with us tonight. I'll talk to you next week. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. 
In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.